Oh, hello. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday. Happy, happy Monday. Oh, okay. I'm good. Uh, are you? Are you sure you're okay? I'm good. Uh, I'm scared for you, Jeff. <laughs> Don't be scared you're for me. You're just seizing out. I almost hit the end stream button here uh, <laughs> for all of you listening. I almost hit the old end stream button, and that would have been bad. We would have had to re- reboot the stream back up because mm-hmm. we're live on Twitch like right now. You're a real dummy head. Yeah, it would have looked like a stupid hood. Mm-hmm. Stupid poopy hood. Yeah. I think that's what your daughter would say, right? Meh. I don't think so. She's 10. Yeah. I don't know what kind of insults 10-year-olds <laughs> say these days. She's her. Basically, it's just <clears throat> your face. Everything's just your face. Like, oh, Sick. yeah, yeah. That's like the sickest 10-year-old burn yeah. is your face. So it's like, okay. Nice. Yeah, my face. You got it. My face. My face. Well, I hope everybody's doing very, very well today. And uh, I hope you're doing well tomorrow if you're listening to this on SoundCloud. But for the those of you uh, that'll be watching this on the YouTube, hope you're having a great day. Um, we're having Them a good day. Vars YouTube. It was a little it was a little hectic today. I had a had a guy come over and uh, we were doing some magical trades. So kind of set me behind a little bit, but I'll get there. I, I went up and got Richie and I pizza from That's the good. local Jonah's market. Uh, market, you know, shout out to Jonah's. And uh, I also got us some uh, in celebration today, Richie. It's our fifth podcast together. We made it to five I can't episodes. Can't believe we've sat with ears, like dealt with each other for five episodes. <laughs> you shut your mouth. It's it's been good. It's been easy. You thought like, ah, it's gonna be a lot of work. I mean, it's a little bit of work, right? To do a podcast. Eh, it's not that bad. No, it's really not that bad. We the just get to having to listen to you. Yes. Well, you, you know, you guys got to listen to me quite a bit because I like to fucking talk mm-hmm. and that's why we made a podcast. So, uh, for all of the, of those of you watching and listening, uh, Richie and I are going to do a shot. So cheers to you guys, especially to, uh, our fellow basement worker Caleb. Yes, Caleb. Uh, he had a uh, he had a pretty interesting weekend this weekend in Pittsburgh, and we'll tell you about that a little bit later. Um, but I did send him a um, baby emoji of it just spitting up, and it was just <laughs> on repeat. It was on loop. So it was, was great. I'm guessing he couldn't really stare at that for more than a few seconds. Uh, he he got a good chuckle out of it once he good. came to. Good. So I got us some Fireball, some cinnamon whiskey. Uh, it's white trash approved. Um, and uh, cheers to you, bub, and cheers to the stream, and cheers to you guys listening on SoundCloud. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I wanted to watch Richie's face. <laughs> he was like, I love Fireball. Ooh, really? Yeah, it's actually like one of my favorites. I just said it's white trash approved. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, my face is all warm. Mm, delicious cinnamon you whiskey. That to be in your basement. Oh, that was good. It's a little chilly down here. Yeah, it is. It's pretty cold down here. It is 95 degrees outside, you guys. But it's like negative 12 down here. Yeah. I don't get it. I walked outside to move my car, and literally my glasses fogged up. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? Yeah, it's great. I have my, uh, I got my new socks on that my wife got me. She got me. Did you see them? Yeah. Okay. I've yeah. seen them uh, you seen before them? you had them on. Yeah, they're great. They're uh, they're Golden Girl socks. You know, I wore the Golden Girls T-shirt last week, and my bump in the nights. Those are Golden Girls. Yeah, I'm just a big fan. Yeah. Big fan of the old You're ladies. You're a big Golden Girl. I am. I'm a big Golden Girl. All right. You so know let's. What I'm uh, a big fan of what? Stone Rain. <laughs> Why do you do that to me every time? 
You because, always yeah, get me. You're always like a step ahead. I'm like, what? What were you going to say, Richie? I was going to interrupt you. And you're already on it. I do. I got you. Boom. So as you guys know, we like to always start off the podcast with a little fact. Fun a fact. A little fun fact. Ding, 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 ding. A facto fun. All right. That's enough puns. Enough so puns. our fun fact today has to do with Stone Ring. And no, it's not that it's the card that's caused the most salt in Magic the Gathering's history. It is. Although that is probably a fact. Did you did you think about that one before you came on? Uh, I didn't. I actually just thought of it. God, that is really good, man. That you're you're gonna we're gonna be so good at this podcast. We're, we're gonna thing. go somewhere one day. We are. I don't know where. It might be hell, but we'll go somewhere. <laughs> All right. Tell us more about Stone Rain. Yeah. So Stone Rain, it is the card that has. We really can't figure out a better way to phrase this. It's the card with the most different artworks. Yeah. It has a total of eleven different arts. Okay, so what what do we write on the board? Which so we try to come up with we work together, you know, all day. And so we talk about things for the podcast and we said, Okay, what what's our fun fact for next week? And we wrote on the board which card has the most different artworks. That was it. That was our yeah. you know, and we thought that was cool because you know, you see a lot of things like Richie and I talked about it earlier, we thought, okay, counterspell, Disenchant. What were some of the other ones? Uh, giant Growth, Naturalize. Yeah, You know, just cards that have been around for a while. Yeah, that just get reprinted into the ground. But it, oddly enough, this is a card we haven't really seen in a while. I think Kamigawa was the last printing. Yeah, they're just not... I don't know why. They just don't want to pl- print uh, three-drop land destruction cards. Yeah, it's not really like what they want Standard to be, and I can kind of understand it. Like, look at the Ponzadek in Modern. It's kind of frustrating to play against, like... If you lose to it, you typically don't lose by playing Magic. Yeah, and uh, they're they're printing dorks again, which they said, uh, we're not going to print dorks, any one-drop dorks, mm-hmm. and then... One-drop dork into three-mana stone rain is brutal. Yeah, so if you're Especially opponent, for a standard deck. Yeah, if you're playing standard and, and somebody goes land of war elves, turn two stone rain you, you're just... I mean, the salt is just a-dripping. The, the table's getting flipped. Yeah, like. the t- <laughs> table's getting flipped. We're going to yeet a table. So now, Richie, what's your favorite Stone Rain art? Uh, it's actually this one from Kamigawa. I really enjoy a lot of the Kamigawa artwork, as much as I know a lot of people don't. And I just enjoy the, you know, eastern side of themes on cards. Eastern, as in, like, eastern... As in, like, China, Asia, Japan. Okay. all right. The Far East. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Cool. Mine, um... Mine, like I was telling you before we, we got going here, is I thought I liked the Portal version, um, which was, uh, you know, again, the stone the stones coming down on the city. But I don't think that this one... This one gets used too much. Yeah, I don't think that one is my favorite. Um, I think that... Um, I think that I think the Mirage one's pretty iconic, too, with just, like, the boulders, because a lot of people like that one, and uh, it's Black Border. But my favorite has got to be the Tempest one, I think. Um, gotta love that purple. Yeah, it's got blue and purple, and it's really pretty. So um, shout out to uh, our fellow Lost member, Christopher Rush. He does that one. Who does yours? Well, let's find out, shall we? Click Kamigawa. Greg Staples. Hmm. I know that guy. Does he have any staples in him? Uh, No, I think he's just more of a paperclip kind of guy. Oh, well. Yeah. All right, well, good. We, should be Greg we got our fun fact out of the way. That was great. So yeah, that was uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and talk about our weekend because I I had a really good weekend. Worked for MomsBasementGames.tcgplayerpro.com. <laughs> I did work for for them actually. Oh. 
I did. How do, work. You, how do you like working for them? I like. You know, I'm I'm a big fan of um of Mom's Basement Games. I'm, they're good. They're good people. Yeah, they're all right. <laughs> I wish I could get a raise though. That's yeah, for goddamn sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boss shit. head must be a real dickhead yeah he's the boss is kind of a jerk I guess <laughs> um, yeah so we were both in Pittsburgh this weekend Richie yeah even um, though uh, someone said they weren't going to be I wasn't going to uh, go Terrence is going to be really mad if he finds out you were there oh man I was, we're trying to go one podcast without talking about Terrence and you it's already impossible. spoiled it you, you got to talk about the fish master you, you're right but, um, but yeah so um, Friday you guys left what? What time did you guys leave for Pittsburgh? Uh, we left. We were gonna leave around eleven, but uh, my friend Alex got delayed, okay. so we didn't end up leaving till about noon. We got okay. there around like six ish because we stopped, had some tea bell. We were chatting it up. Yeah. Ended up being there for like about an hour. So okay, so those of you that don't know uh, about the podcast, and maybe you're just this is your first time uh, taking a look at it or listening to it. Um, Last week we talked about Pittsburgh, and it was an SCG Modern Team event. And so Richie actually went and played in it. Uh, he played with a fellow uh, basement member, um, Mr. Stephen A. Bear, and uh, who was your third? Was It was Gavin Kokenauer? It was a young Gavin Kokenauer. Good, good. Who uh, played with his heart instead of his head. Yes, he, he took he took the old Jund with him, and uh, he... He had sad times, yeah, had by all. It was bad times in the Shire for... Now, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so now before we get into the magic talk about it, um, you guys did get to go to Siena Marcata. Yeah. Marcato, which we talked about. And we I, got some I really weird looks when... Uh, yes, I recommended Dave's Balls. Now, I went there a few years ago back when I was floor trading, and uh, they have a dish there, which I highly recommend if anybody that is in Pittsburgh... Uh, place is called Siena Marcato, and, and what it, it is is it was phenomenal. It is a um, they have um, just meatballs. It's like a specialty meatball place, right? And so, but you can make your own meatballs, and so um, they have pork. Um, I believe they have just basically all kinds of meat, chicken. Um, they beef. have yeah beef. They have some vegetarian balls. Yeah, yep. They got all kinds of balls, right? And so that's their thing, and so you get to choose like, okay, what do you want to go with those things? Well, they have tater tots, and that's not, it's literally not even fair. You just jam some tater tots on the bottom of your bowl, cover it with cheese, throw some uh, pork on there. Oh, man, it's some bacon. It's just the best ever. Yeah, I actually, uh, the thing that I think I like the most, and I you got to try it next time you go there, is they have this buffalo crab dip. Oh, an yeah. appetizer? Yeah. What? I love buff- buffalo. And, like, they give you chips. But it's enough for like two servings of chips. Mm. It's so good, dude. Delicious. Sounds I'm a great. big crab and I'm a big buffalo guy, so yeah, it got me going. Yeah, <laughs> it gets the people going. It gets the people going. Hell yeah, good. Um, so then you guys went and um, you guys went there Saturday after after the event. Uh, yeah, we went there after day one. Okay, cool. Um, did you guys? And I know Sunday you went and got some tacos, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I I don't remember the tacos place's name exactly. Yeah. But it's literally like if you walk like maybe a block and a half from like where you walk into the convention center, if you walk towards the parking, not towards like the dead end Mm -hmm. road, you'll run into it. And it was, it literally had the best queso I've ever had in my life. That's amazing. 
It was so good. Mm, and they also had, I recommend they had this frozen banana margarita. <laughs> Boy, let me Can tell I use you. the same joke that I used earlier? You like using bananas? Uh, I do. You're yeah, right. You're right. There's nothing wrong with bananas. You're not wrong. Good. So, um, now, before we get started here, we want to transition, obviously, but um, we always want to let you guys know that we are sponsored by Mom's Basement Games, and you could find us uh, all the singles that you need and, I don't know, playmats now? I think we have playmats now. On the TCG? Yeah, my brother's got them going. Really? Yeah. I didn't. I thought we weren't able to put them on TCG. We are. We are. So if you guys need... Look at him getting to work. Yeah, I know. Uh, and there's even a, there's even a bulk listing there, so you guys could buy bulk from us now. It's it's crazy, man. You can buy bulk from the people who buy bulk, <laughs> which is <laughs> yeah, mind blowing. Galaxy brain. <laughs> so um, yeah, check us out. It's uh, mom'sbasementgames.tcgplayerpro.com, and uh, we appreciate you, all your guys's um, you know just helping us out. You yeah. know, keeping the thing going, keeping me fed. Yeah, we gotta we gotta feed the people, much like uh, Bershevik. Yeah, he so fed the people. Oh, Bershevik fed kids this weekend. Yeah. So kids um, got good dinner tonight, that night. <laughs> they did. All right, so tell us about the top eight, Richie. Yeah, so this was a modern event, and Bershevich. Ber- sorry yeah. if I'm mispronouncing no your name. There's no K in there. Bershevich. Uh, he won the whole thing with a deck that. A lot of people were expecting to be good, but, you know, nobody was really sure because do you really want to play a tapped Celestial Colonnade on one in Modern right now? I, I'm i scared, too. This but guy is Bursevich is not. He's like, listen, you see this little, you see that little cup over there? That cup's mine. His kid's going to be drinking out of that cup. Oh, absolutely. Guaranteed. I hope so. I hope he was just memeing pictures on on, uh, on Twitter with that. <laughs> her just like holding yeah. it up. Yeah, of her just walking around like, <laughs> using it as a sippy cup. I need more juice. Yeah, I need more juice, Dad. Um, but yeah, what did so he played? Uh, what blue white control? Blue white control. Yeah, I still think that's the best deck right now. It, it's definitely very good. I I'm a get, fan of Hogak. You just get turn one like spell pierce mana, and you get turn two. But you can't spell pierce off your celestial colonnade. Sure. What if you don't draw Celestial Colonnade all day like Bursevich did? Well, I bet he drew Colonnade a lot. <laughs> yeah, but he might not have played Tap Lands on turn one a whole well, lot. Well, that's fair. We uh, we can find out what he played, though. We can. We can. But uh, so who uh, who was in the top eight that you know? Yeah. Because so, I only uh, know two names here. I know Tom Ross and I know... Um, I know I've, Sam Cook. I've heard of yeah, I've heard of Sam Cook. Those are the two, and maybe Daniel Wong. I think I've seen his name. I, I've before. seen, I've heard Wong before. Yeah, but it could be a different Wong. You know, I don't know. We could be, all, we also could be Wong. Yeah, we could be definitely Wong. Oh, that's a good one. But yeah, so uh, as many people in my friend group know, Tom Ross is probably my favorite Magic player. Okay. And I was really sad to not see him at the team event, but to see him top eight this uh, open or this GP is really cool. Yeah. Especially. Uh, <coughs> Uh, we were playing the exact same main deck for Ogak. You and Tom we had, Ross, we had the, the same boss? we had the same sixty. Our sideboards were a little different, but well, yeah, because he's the boss. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So now, um, going into this, uh, getting ready for you guys to let you guys know what were in the decks. Now, the thing uh, was is that in order to uh, get the list, if you guys want to see the list, they're they're on Twitter um, for the top eight uh, for this channel Fireball event. 
and this event was held in Dallas, right? Yeah, Dallas Fort Worth. Yeah. So if you guys are if you guys are interested in um, you know uh, where this happened at and how you look the lists up for to see what's going on with the meta because the meta is very shook right now by Hogak, uh, you guys are going to want to um, go to uh, Channel Fireball's uh, Twitter which is just at Channel Fireball, and you'll see all the lists there. And so we're going to run through them for you guys that are listening. Um, and so Tom Ross, um, he played Hogak, like Richie just said. Um, Christopher Homan uh, played Humans. Humans. Uh, Homans, Homans, Humans. Humans. Yeah, I really like that. It's got such a good ring. I know. I, I wish that guy would have won just so we can keep saying it. Yeah, so we could say Homans, Humans over and over. It's so smooth. Uh, Taking Turns by Mr. Daniel Wong. Uh, Fopter Sword by Justin Porches. Porches? It's Porches. his por- It's his Porches. Um, he's got the apostrophe there. Um, ooh, Anthony Petropolis. That guy sounds really Greek. Yeah, I like that. That's I'm bad good. with languages. So. Uh, he was playing Blue White Control. Um, and then we've got Sam Cook, which was on Eldrazi Tron, which I heard was a very tough matchup for. Um, this is what I heard. This is one of the guys that topped eight at the SCG. Uh, he's on my Facebook feed, and he was talking that you know he was he, po- he played Aldrazi Tron, and he was just dunking on Hogak all day. So that was very interesting to hear what he had to say, and that's why I asked you about it earlier today, um, about what you think about it. So you could tell everybody in just a second here. Um, Paul Collier, he was playing Hogak, uh, and then you had Austin uh, Bershevitz, which was playing Blue White Control, who won the whole tournament. Yes, and he won the entire thing. Uh, so let's let's start with clicking on him and uh, letting everybody know uh, what his 75 looked like. And you could tell us what you think about this, Richie. Yeah, so this is pretty much the stock blue-white control deck for the most part that you'll be seeing in modern now. You know, you got your typical land base with like Field of Ruins, a couple hollowed fountains, a lot of basics. You, get, you can't go anywhere without your snaps, your cryptics. He was on a click main, which is hit or miss. There's normally... A, one to two clicks somewhere in the 75. Yep. He's opting for two. Uh, then you just see your traditional two force of negation has became pretty stock right now uh, because it's a good way to protect your Jaces on two. Narset has been huge. Narset and Teferi. The Mana Leak is sometimes Ooh. a Mana Leak, sometimes a Logic Knot. Ooh, babe. Well, he's got one Logic. He's got a split. Oh, he does have the Logic Knot in there. It's it, just... Which is very cute. I like that. It's interesting for sure. Mm-hmm. Your ops are pretty common. Um, some people can debate that it should maybe be Serum Visions if you're not playing Terminus, but I don't really like tapping out in my blue-white control deck. Correct. You got your four paths, best removal spell, obviously. A one-of spell snare, because goddamn that card is good. Yeah, you only play, you just play one of. You don't need to play more. I think you can maybe play two. No. This meta's really too drop dependent, Josh. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't ever, ever, ever in any meta for the rest of my life, like to spell snare. I used to play blue white a lot. I don't anymore. Maybe well, you're right. That's why you don't like spell snare. Yeah. So two surgicals, which has been pretty common as a way to compete with the graveyard decks in game one. Yep. A supreme verdict, Wrath of God split. Normally there's a third sweep. Oh, there is. There's another supreme verdict over there. Mm-hmm. Man, I really don't like how wizards yeah. laid out. Uh, oh wait, no, that's a detention sphere. My bad. Yeah, it's a detention sphere. And then a one of timely, which is typically where the other sweeper comes, I think. So maybe a hedge toward he was expecting more burn. Well, you got to remember too, though, timely reinforcements actually will buy you a turn. Yeah. You know, and it's 
even against like maybe even against those those lists that are really fast like the hogak list like maybe it buys you that extra turn that you need to uh to get over the hump you know and it, maybe they maybe they didn't draw their uh card that just mills you out you know or maybe you if they did maybe, maybe you spell snared it. it yeah maybe you spell snared it right so um so what do you think about the sideboard? What do you think about that Bane Slayer right there? Because that makes me hot. It's pretty common now. I uh, know, but it still makes. me I'm hot. actually more surprised that he's not playing. I'm. I've. I haven't like noticed the mentor change recently. They've been going to one to two mentors in the sideboard. Okay. Uh, before it was pretty common to play like one to two restos, because they have value with your the Bane Slayer is typically a Lyra. In okay. that case, is it's it's the same card. Okay. What um, about the uh, what about the Dovin's veto? I've been seeing a lot of that in the main board. Yeah. Um, and now he's it's just a running. Call. Okay, he's just running one in the sideboard. Like Dovin's veto is not great in modern right now because everybody's just trying to kill super fast. Okay. You can't really afford uh, two mana can really yeah, conditional. conditional counter spell. Yeah, exactly. And obviously you have to have the four rips in your board now, as well as he has the third sweeper in the sideboard, which is fair. The one of Stony is kind of random to me. I don't know how I feel about just a single stony silence. I haven't been huge on stony and modern for a while now. Okay. I gotcha. I love those celestial purges though, man. I've yeah, always been. I, I always two purge in any control deck. Yes, it's just it's Cards just so just good. too good. All right, so let's look at uh, Paul Collier's uh, Hogak list. Yeah, so his was actually pretty interesting. So for a lot of the Hogak stuff, you're gonna see is pretty stock here. He's running three Bowmat Couriers on the side. I was going to get there. Sorry. I'm so excited. Uh, one interesting thing he did is he actually trimmed a Gravecrawler, which a lot of people consider to be one of the better cards in the deck, which you can normally trim sideboard, but I don't know how I feel about trimming it main deck. He wanted to fit what looks like to More carrying be... Feeders? No, the carrying feeders are pretty stock. I think he fit an extra... Yeah, he put in an extra land. Okay. He's on 19 lands. Typically, if people want to play the 19th land, they go down to only one removal spell. Yeah, but one he opted axe. to trim a Gravecrawler. Otherwise, this is pretty much the stock Hogak list. Okay. Other than a lot of people are doing one axe, one Dark Blast, but he has the Dark Blast in the side instead. Maybe a hedge toward expecting more thing in the ices in the meta. More titties. Yeah, now, um, the one thing that um, I wanted to let people know that maybe that maybe you guys aren't up on the uh, the Hogak train. Um you know, maybe you don't know, you haven't been watching uh, Modern um, a whole lot lately, but um, this, you know, for you to just be like, oh, this is a stock list, but sometimes people just, they might be like, what the hell is Hogak, you know? Um, there's some people that are, you know, could even be new to Modern, but um, the Hogak list is just, it's really, really, really already traditional because they've, they've broken it. Like, they've refined the deck to basically like exactly what you need the exact 75 now the only thing crazy here i think is call your sideboard yeah the thalias are actually have I, been picking up more than you'd expect okay because i have uh, not yeah i have not seen the thalia uh, guardian of thraben in the it's sideboard. been getting picked up from a challenge about a week ago now okay that's very cool um the bow mats are pretty interesting uh there was some interesting tech in some scg lists as well that people have been playing but Bowmat's interesting. I I liked it before. I was going to try it over Cathartic Reunion, but I never really got to testing it. And 
I just don't know how I feel about it in the new deck. I don't really know when you're going to want Bowmat. Um, you want Bowmat all the time on turn one. Well, so I play this guy in Legacy, right? And and basically what he does is you're if you're dumping your hand, if you have an outlet to get rid of your hand, which this deck kind of sort of does. It does. You you get empty-handed pretty easily. Yeah, so you're hell-bent pretty fast. And, you know, if you if you have Bowmat Courier and you crack him on turn three or turn four, you just, you're loading your hand back up. It's beautiful. And that's what I love about it. Yeah, but this deck's really mana-intensive. That's my only problem with it. Okay. So it's tough, you think, to, to pay that one mana to crack him? Yeah, I really do. Okay. All right, cool. So let's, uh, let's look at the next list here, which... Um, is the Eldrazi Tron list. Now, let me tell you guys about... Now, uh, the, the gentleman that um, did well this weekend, he top-aided. Um, he's he's on my Facebook. I can't... I think Lance Nines, right? Lance Lance Nines? Um, I used to deal with him on the floor a lot. Uh, he's a good guy. But um, he top-aided with his team at the SCG Pittsburgh uh, with Eldrazi Tron, and he said this deck was just great um, against Hogak all weekend. And, uh, Richie, you kind of had, like, uh, a different spin on, on... Because you are the Tron Master, and so you have a different spin on how you feel this deck performs against uh, Hogak. Now tell us about that. Yeah, so I haven't really tested it, but in my opinion, I don't see it lining up very well just because your creatures are pretty, like, average size compared to theirs. Mm-hmm. That's what she Karn said. Karn does stop the combo, which is pretty nice, but he's four mana. And you can't really ramp him out unless you get Tron. Chalice of the Void is a haymaker against the deck, I'll admit. But you can only play it on turn two, so you really got to hope to win the die roll. I think it's a fine choice, and it was something I was actually even considering for the weekend. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I just I can't put myself to play Tron lands in a turn three meta. Okay. Just feels kind of bad. Yeah, just doesn't feel like where I want to be. Okay. So what do you think about this sideboard here? I I, I really like this Emrakul to Promise End. Now, this is something that um, I think fell out of favor a little bit in the in the Tron list uh, for a little while, correct? I think it's too cute in a deck like this. I love it in a in the uh, traditional Tron deck. Okay. Uh, like it, traditional meaning just green. Yeah, like where you're not the Eldrazi's. Okay. Here, like you don't really have any way to find it, so you kind of just have to hope to get lucky and draw it. You can't tutor it up with Karn. I prefer having a little deeper of a wish board. And it just seems kind of random to me. Okay. I know a lot of people have been doing it, though. What about this uh, Sovereign's uh, flagship here? Uh, it's something I've been close to. I've, like, wanted to test. But, again, there's just so many, like, time in the day. And I want to, you know, try to feel things out. Yeah. I, it's very good if you expect a lot of mid-range decks or if you need a way to... It's like a second creature against control decks also. Okay. Because you use your creature to animate it, and they have to decide if they want to kill your creatures that are animating it or the flagship. If they kill the flagship, you have extra creatures in play. Yeah. So it's just, it's a bonus creature. Yeah. Cool. Uh, One interesting thing is he's playing Warping Well in the main over Relic, and he's also not playing any Mind Stones. Mm, That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm a fan of Mindstone. I always felt like I wanted extra mana in this deck, and I really am scared to not play Relic in a graveyard meta like this. But yeah, absolutely. Warping Well is a solid card. Yeah, it's pretty crazy that he top aided with this thing with such few graveyard hate cards. I think that's really. Uh, well, that's not the full sideboard. Uh, Channel Fireball's been having some issues, I guess, lately. Okay. 
There should be four Leyline of the Voids and a sideboard oh, and okay. a surgical. Ah, uh, okay. It's missing five cards, so. Excellent. So then he had he had four ley lines, one surgical, and one graft digger's cage for his uh for his graveyard hate. Yeah. Okay, cool. Or no, my, I'm sorry, it was a Tormod's crypt, not a surgical. Tormods. Okay, nice. Alright, so uh Anthony uh Petropolis, uh he had uh he played another blue white version here, and so it's basically the same seventy five. There's I don't really see much difference here. Yeah, second mentor in the sideboard's about all that's different. Yeah. Um, so we'll skip that one, and we'll we'll check out this this Thopter Sword list, which is really cool. Yeah, so this is something that uh, another fellow Michigan player who I've been you know talking to a lot lately, Ray Who'd Perez. That? Mr. Perez? He's actually really big on this deck. Uh, it's a little different than his 75, I think, but the deck is very powerful, and Ray actually think it has thinks it has a great Hogak matchup, which from what I've seen and also experienced, I think might be true. Okay, because of the ensnaring bridge, uh, and then also the thopter the thopter combo, uh, with also being able to just play like what Psy Master and then make some dudes to block until you can kind of so get there. So it's the fact that like you do have these like random prison wins, but you also just like Urza goes infinite really easily, mm-hmm. and that's like you can just race them. Okay, because you are a Mox Opal deck. Sure. Now, why isn't this list... Now, the list I played against on... A um, little shout-out to myself. I played this past Friday. I played um, Boreo's Vengeance. Yeah, you did uh, great, right? I did really good. I went 5 I didn't win a, I didn't win a match. Um, so it was, it was a good time, though. I always have a good well, time when good. I play. And so I, I lost all my rounds, but I played against an Urza um, Lord High Artificer deck um, first round. And I was just stunned at how fast it was. Mm-hmm. But they were playing the Karn Lockout, um, Karn Mycosynth Lattice combo. I don't think that's needed in this deck. Yeah, I'm just saying. But like, so that's that's the deck that I played against um, on Friday, which is um, at Mom's Basement Streams on uh, on Twitch. If you guys ever want to come check it out, yeah, be pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, what do you think about this sideboard? Yeah. So Ray was on more. Dread of Winners, and he, he wasn't sure about the card. Ray actually said he hated Leyline of the Void in this sideboard. Yeah, he borrowed mine. Yeah, he borrowed them from <laughs> you. And uh, he literally gave them to me before he played his last round and just had a judge deactivate them because he said he doesn't even want them in graveyard matchups. Wow. Because he just feels he can go faster. Yeah. And the, like, one to two of graveyard, I think he said he was on two or three graveyard eight main. Okay. Was enough for him. That he just needed to buy like a turn, if yeah. that. Now, and it, cards like Lightning Bolt, Galv Blast, those kind of cards buy you that extra turn, right? Not so much against the graveyard decks. Okay. What, but, do, what do you think buys you that extra turn? Uh, the graveyard hate you have in your main, like the Nile Spell Bomb. Uh, I believe he said he played a Tormod script also. Okay. And in, like things like that are what buy you your time in that matchup. What about Pithing Needle? Does that help out in that matchup? Yeah, if they're going to mill you out, it does. Otherwise, not really. Okay. But if they're not going to mill you out, you can just go get Bridge. Yeah. Cool. All right, so let's check out some of the other uh, the other lists here. Taking turns. Now, yeah. <laughs> take, a look at, take a look at this. It's like I played against the top eight almost on Friday. Hmm. So I played against taking turns also. Uh, and I got dunked on, obviously, because I was 05. Mm-hmm. Um, but this card, 
uh, excuse me, this deck is just absolutely still a deck. Now, for those of you that think like, oh man, taking turns, that's the shitter of a deck. That thing's got no business being in modern still. Well, think again, because uh, this deck is uh, still a thing and it's still very solid, I think. Um, it just needs a really good pilot behind it. Um, I got exhausted quite a few times and by uh, exhausted meaning exhaustion, the card mm -hmm. that says, um, what does it say? Creatures and lands target opponent controls don't untap during their next untap step. So it was exhaustion, snapcaster exhaustion. It was tough. And they were also miracling um, temporal masteries. Yeah. So when you get, you know, when it's like turn two and I, I see the temporal mastery flip off the top with uh, no deck manipulation with the opt, that's sad times, you know? You, you're not having a good time. No, uh, it's actually really funny. I was talking to a friend on the way here, or on, not on the way here, on the way uh, home from Pittsburgh. Yeah. And I mentioned a blue-white taking turns deck that uh, Brian DeMars had wrote an article on Channel Fireball about from Zach Allen. And I recommended it to him, but I'm going to have to send him this list because... This one's blue-red. Yeah, it, it seemed pretty good, and I, I actually really like the lightning bolts. Yeah. I think it's a good way uh, to even just, like, close out a game faster if you need to. Yep. Like... You Once can you bolt, have a snapcaster bolt. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like really, that sounds like a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, now, the, the cool thing about the uh, the sideboard here that I like, and I, I haven't looked at any of these lists yet, but uh, was Commandeer. Love that card, man. Yeah, it's also missing three cards, so I want, I'm want i curious on what those cards were. Yeah, but Commandeer is such a cool card. And Commandeer actually had is... one in the main, too. Really? Yeah. Nice. With, with the exhaustions. Yeah, Commandeer is just a... Um, it's, what, pitch two blue cards, steal a permanent? Steal a spell on the stack. Steal a spell on the stack, okay. So, you like, they cast their Karn, you pitch two spells, commandeer their Karn. Mm, okay, I was thinking it was permanent. No. Yeah, commandeer is strong, man. That card's just not used anymore. Steep uh, casting cost. <laughs> Very steep. It's a seven, it's seven CMC, right? Well, it's seven CMC or... Yeah, or a pitch. three for one. Yeah, three for one yourself. Hopefully, it's a good three for one, right? Hopefully. Okay, so Homans, Humans. Um, now let's take a look at this list. Um, this, of course, now this is the thing that's so crazy, and why we keep talking about Hogak and how how skewed it is, and we're wait we're just waiting until next week. Next Monday is actually a um, it's a BNR announcement. So BNR announcements are uh, ban. Banned and restricted. Banned and restricted. That's what that stands for. And so now when humans itself, this just goes to show you, when humans has to play four Leyline of the Voids, four cards in their sideboard that they cannot cast, um, there's an issue with the meta. Correct? Yeah. I, like, everyone's like, oh, look, Hogat can be beat. Like, it's not the point that the deck can be beat. Yes. It's the point of it warps the format and it really, like, so I enjoy the style of deck that the deck provides, mm -hmm. but I'm also willing to admit that it's not a healthy play style to have. Correct, because you, you played it this weekend. Yeah. And um, you audibled because you were going to play Blue Red Phoenix because, what, you've tested that the past two weeks, um, streaming for Mom's Basement streams, um, the past two weeks, right? Uh, I, I tested it. The week before, I was playing Mono Red the other week. Okay, yeah. Trying and then, to figure out what felt good, but yeah, and it just was, and you're just like, okay, well, if I can't, if I can't beat them, join them. Yeah, right. 
I played three leagues uh, off stream with Hogak and yeah. four won two of them and went three two in the other one. Yeah. Which like one of those losses was to Neo Brand, so like whatever. Yeah. Them just like, oops, I won. Yeah, he actually I got thudded. Ooh. I got gristle branded, reckless charged, thudded. Oh, was God. how I died. That must have been exciting. I wanted to off myself. <laughs> that was exciting. So, so yeah, I guess basically um, the whole thing here is is that we're, we're ready. All of us are ready. Even people, it's like what Richie said, uh, even people that are saying, well, you know, Hogak's so strong, it's so cool, I want to build the deck, but hey, it's it's not healthy. It's not healthy for the format. It's not healthy for other Magic players that feel like, I want to play my Humans deck um, you know, and still have those four extra slots of where I don't have to play Leyline in my sideboard that help me in my other matchups. And so when you're not able to do that, you start losing some consistency and you have to get, let's say you don't play against Hogak throughout the day. Those Ley Lines are just fucking dead cards. You can't put Ley Lines in against any other deck. Mm, you can, but... It's not, well, sure. But like I mean, you like, put them in it's, against Dredge, you probably bring them in against Phoenix. Yeah, sure. There's a, maybe a couple decks where it's going to help you, but it's not going to be great. So, I mean, that's that's kind of the point I'm getting at here. So um, we'll, we'll be happy to hear what happens next week. Um, the other thing, too, in the sideboard here that I don't think I've ever seen before is uh, Homan was playing three Chalice of the Voids in the sideboard. Now tell us why, Richie. So it's been... It's been seen from time to time. Like, it's not like a, oh like my a god. Like a two of, maybe, or a one of? Uh, it, it's actually normally a four of if people are going to do it. Okay. But he was probably just, like, struggled on slots because of the ley line of the voids. Sure. Um, When you expect a lot of Phoenix in the meta, it's very good. It's just, like, an extra disruption piece for their deck. Uh, so they become almost like a legacy tribal deck where, like, you play your Chalice of the Voids because your Cavern of Souls don't stop your one-drops. And you just get to continue on curving. Yep. Yeah, because you can just cast your one drops through Cavernous Souls. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's just an alternate thing that says, hey, uh, my my stuff does not get countered. Now that doesn't help you, of course, with either vials. No, you play your vial on one. Correct. You play your vial on one. Hopefully, you play your vial on one, and then you play your chalice on two. Mm-hmm. So, so cool. Uh, Looks pretty solid, right? Looks looks yeah, pretty regular. It's interesting that he didn't play any Oriok Champions. A lot of people have been big on that card lately because it's very good against Hogak if they don't have the mill you out plan. Yeah, the black-red um, guy that has protection. Yeah. Uh, yep. It's very unique that he's playing two Plague Engineers, but I kind of I like that card a lot. I don't like that it's not a human, but I do like that, unlike the original Plague Engineer for Legacy Engineered Plague, mm-hmm. it's only your opponent's. Okay. So you, you it can name human in the human's mirror and not yep. have it wrath your board also. Yeah, that's excellent. Cool. All right, so let's look at Tom Ross, the boss's list. Now, again, it's another Hogak list, but uh, Tom Ross is, you know, probably one of your favorite Magic players, you said, right? Yeah, he's definitely, he's, my, it's between, like, him and Jerry Thompson, I think, are, like, up there from, like, my two favorites. Okay, so then we got to click on his list. Because he's, yeah. he's your main man. So tell us about his list. Yeah, so uh, we we played pretty much... We played 59 out of the same 60 cards in the main. The only difference is I played seven fetches and played a fourth Blood Crypt because sure. I wanted the extra fetchable lands for Blood Ghast. Okay. Uh, his sideboard was a bit different. I was on Collective Brutalities instead of Fatal Pushes because I wanted the extra discard outlet. Yep. 
instead of ingot chewers and one of the nature's claim i had three assassins trophies okay so for, he was playing two ingot chewers uh just like a more versatile interaction and then instead of one of the thought seizes because i had the brutalities in the board mm-hmm. i played a one of bantu's last reckoning I was always a big fan of that card when I played the deck before Ogak and everything got printed. Okay. Because it's a good answer to like the creature decks like humans, which are actually kind of a hard matchup. And I wanted to fit two, but I couldn't because I needed the five pieces of interaction for artifacts and enchantments. Yep. But the the card is very good. It's debatable if it should be that or Blasphemous Act. Yeah, Blasphemous Act is cute. I really feel like you want some type of sweeper in the seventy five. I'd have to agree with that. Cool. So we round we round out the top eight. Um, and again, the the thing that won it all was not the boogeyman this week. It was in Dallas. It was blue white control. But of mm-hmm. course, you see uh, multiple copies of Hogak in that top eight. Um, so we we're definitely thinking eh, it's probably gonna be a ban coming. Yeah, we think so. I expect a ban next week. Yeah. So um, now, as for uh, Channel Fireball. Uh, we had, um, like you guys have heard us been talking about the whole time, is uh, SCG Pittsburgh, and that was a team event. And who won it all was Jeremy... Oh, Jonathan God. Hobbs, who... Jonathan Hobbs, he's... Dominic Harvey, and Jeremy Bartani? Bartani? Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Hobbs is a great guy. I've had a lot... Of, I've talked to him at, like, multiple events. Yeah, had interactions with him? Yeah. Cool. And... I'm really glad to see. He's normally on some spicy decks. Wasn't on quite as spicy as he normally is. He normally likes to play some kind of bant deck. Okay. And so he was playing kind of, what, some traditional stuff? If you click, you can find out. Ooh, I'm excited. Can't wait. Jeremy, Dominic, and Jonathan. Oh, he's just playing humans. Womp, womp, womp. So what took it all was humans, Bridgevine, and Mardu Death Shadow. Yeah, Mardu Death Shadow is really sweet. And a deck I think that a lot of people were sleeping on, actually. Mardu Pyromancer. But I lost to you on Friday, but it wasn't Death Shadow. But, um, yeah, this deck is really cool because it gets to play that new uh, war card, Dreadhorde Arcanist, in the main. Um, And then it gets to play Stepmom, which is uh, Giver of Ruins. That's what everybody's calling Giver of Ruins now. The creature that gives your stuff protection. Yeah, it's just a one-of to get off your Ranger of Captain of Eos's when you need it. Ranger Captain of Eos. Card's sweet. Card's really powerful. God, there's just so many cards from this New Horizon set, man, that just have been just changing the format. Mm-hmm. Basically, you can make you can make. But remember, these... it's Commander Horizons, not Modern Horizons. Yeah, man. Everybody was like, ah, oh, it's a commander set. I think we even said that, right? Didn't we say that when we first looked at it? Uh, you'll have to listen back to find out. <laughs> we did. We said it wasn't. We said we weren't too. And, and I think I'm going to say that um, I was wrong. You know, it's not always it's not always easy to say I was wrong, but I, I was definitely wrong. I think this set's power level is way, way higher than I thought it was before. Yeah, you you were definitely wrong. I was. Not me. You. Yeah, 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 you're right. And uh, I'm really liking that uh, people are, are playing Unearth. I think this card is sweet in that deck. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm I'm still on the fence on how good Unearth actually is. Yeah. I I mean, you get to bring we, your dude back. That sure, does, we've that had, does things. We've had claim to fame in Modern forever, and it never seemed play. It seemed sure. fringe play. Sure. I don't know. This card cycles, too, so it's pretty neat. Claim to fame also gives creatures haste. True, but it's more mana intensive. Yeah, but eh. I know. And so, 
you know, but like this is the Death Shadows list. Maybe I would say the Unearth would be a little bit better in just the Pyromancer version, you know? Yeah, it's pretty sweet in that deck, being able to get back like your seasoned Pyromancers and stuff. Yeah. So, well, cool. I'm glad to uh, glad to see somebody that you knew, you know, did well in that event. So that's yeah. pretty neat. Congratulations again, John. Yep. Um, so what else are we going to – we're going to go look at what? The – the so stuff, the modern, the modern classic, classic, and then and the, the and then the legacy classic. Classic. So let's classic. take a look at. Um, oh baby, the modern classic. Look at that John first list. John Philip Whetstone. 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 Yeah, Whetstone. So he was playing Burn. Oh baby, my favorite. Um, and then, uh, so let's see. First took was Burn. Uh, second was Asper Control. Third was Is It Phoenix. Then John. Then John. Then humans. Hey. Why didn't, why wasn't Gavin doing well this weekend? Your teammate. If these these are top eight in the the classic, he doesn't draw as good. <laughs> His bobs don't bob as hard. There's probably less bridge vine in the classic. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know they just made day two. Yeah, they're day two and they're getting after it. So let's let's take a look at this burn list. Did you know I was gonna I was gonna yeah. click on this? You knew it. You you sandbagged me. You son of a bitch. I try my best. All right, so uh, it's your traditional red-white list. It's got four sunbaked canyons in here. Beautiful. Gotta get baked. Um, let's see, four gabos, four swift spears, four eidolons, twenty lands, three snow coveds. Oh baby, um, four skewer the critics, uh, four lightning helix, four bore. I mean, this is this is super stock. I really like it. Let's see the sideboard. Four, uh, three tormods, three rest in peace. Isn't that insane? Six graveyard hate pieces, man. It, we're playing vintage. Oh my what god! What do you want? From us? I know. Three path to exiles. You got nine cards in your sideboard that do zero damage. Oh, and let's not forget about wear and tear. <laughs> so we've got eleven cards in our sideboard that just are not on the same plan to do damage that are you know the same plan as our deck is. That is so nuts. So nuts. Yeah, that's the way you got to do it. <sighs> Obviously, this weekend you did against Hogaxter. The Stir Stir. The Gakarak. Cool. So, um, let's see if there's anything crazy on this list. Not really other than that. No, yeah, it's pretty traditional. Eldrazi, Tron, Humans, Bridgevine, Devoted Devastation, um, Jund. Okay, cool. Uh, so let's see. Let's go back here. Let's take a look at the Legacy Classic. Legacy. You know, Regacy. You know, Regacy. we want to talk about Regacy. Regacy. Ah. Mono Red Prison took first place. Wow, that's really cool, dude. I didn't, I didn't think it had it in it. Yeah, I mean to take first. Did you? Yeah, it's a Chalice Blood Moon deck. Sure, but I it mean, always, it can always like just get lucky and win. Robert Beatty must have been drawn like a hot, hot as a motherfucker if he took first place with this thing. All right, so then Is It Delver took second. Mm -hmm. Then you got Storm, uh, Bomberman. Uh, Mr. Zach Allen with uh, Zoria Stoneblade. Uh, and is it Delver and Miracles? And Rakdos Reanimator. Very nice. So pretty, pretty pretty known legacy decks at this point. Yep. Nothing really crazy here in the top eight. Um, just your basic, you know, Turbo Depths I see in here. Mm -hmm. um, Golgari Depths, which is just going to be what? Your slower version? Yeah, slow depths instead yeah. of Turbo Depths. Yeah. But they, you know, SCG has a different way of uh, of saying things, so mm -hmm. that's cool. Um, 
but yeah, that's really good, man. I, I like to see that. So uh, we'll come back to these these top eight guys, our local guys that did something, and local gals, right? Yeah, we'll get back to them. In we'll a get back bit. to that. Um, now, well, no, not yet. Oh, what do we what do we got to get into? We uh, what did I miss. So yeah, this is gonna be a longer episode. We oh. have the we have our top ten for oh, God. Yeah, before M20. we do that, man, I I almost missed it. You did. All right, so we want to talk about this week is the um, pre-release for Magic 2020. Yes, sir. Now tell them about it. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you the mouse. It's all I yours. Am power now. <laughs> you you have the re. I'm gonna go back to this really quick so we when we yep. talk about the locals. Sounds great. So on the other screen, I have pulled up a bunch of cards that I want to just you know talk about briefly and why I'm excited for them in. Modern or not modern horizons, like but yeah, mass, in, you're in doing 2020. What I'm always doing. So first, I have three honorable mentions followed by our top ten. Cool. Because there's and there's like so many more cards I'd love to talk about, but yes, I, I tried to limit the list a little bit for another day, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll have to fit so, in a set release sometime. The first card I'm going to talk about is an honorable mention in God's Willing. So this card I'm very excited about because it goes into one of my favorite archetypes. That I never really that never really took off. You know, some people played it here and there, but that was about it. Which is the feather decks. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be a complete upgrade to any of the one mana protection you've played. Uh, if you've played dive down, if you've played, uh, I can't remember the name, but the one that gives you indestructible, then you scry one. Get them out unless you want more than four copies. Play four gods willings first. Because protection is better than any of those options because it lets you also get aggressive. You scry one, which makes it better than dive down for that reason. This card is absurd, and it's really interesting. In that deck. Yeah. And it's interesting that they're coming back to this keyword protection, which is something for a while they said that they weren't going to do anymore. Yep, you were telling me about that. That they were retiring that keyword. Yeah, I don't know. They just they say a lot of things, man, and they just don't do it. Yeah. They're like, we're going to get rid of dorks. We're going to get rid of, um, I mean, they did get rid of Lightning Bolt. Um, but well, they said they were going to get rid of Lightning Strike, too. Yeah, and they just didn't. They, they were like, well, it, two drop, three damage spells are just, you know, we don't want those in the format either. And then they went back and reprinted it. So, yeah, they say a lot of things and don't do it. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited for this card. Another card I'm excited about, not so much for... You know, we're, we're going to talk about the top ten. I try to make sure to include most a lot of the formats in it. Okay. So I try to not just focus on, like, modern or standard. I try to get a mix so we can talk about a lot of things. And this, my next honorable mention, isn't going to do a lot in standard unless something comes out that I don't know about. But that's Steel Overseer's getting a reprint. This is really cool for modern because Overseer, while it's never been a super expensive card, it's always been a necessary one for if you ever want to play any of those artifact decks. This card is very powerful. If we get an artifact deck in standard, I expect Steel Overseer to see play in it. I think they might want to do that again. I think I think people have a lot of fun with with uh, artifact decks. Yeah, like the uh, the Ensoul deck was really fun. I never got to play it, unfortunately, in mm-hmm. paper. Yep. But that deck was so much fun to play. Yeah. And Steel Overseer is just a house of a card. Yep. So the last honorable mention, I really wanted to try to fit it into the top ten, but my gut just tells me I'm not like everybody's hyping this card up, mm-hmm. saying that it might be the most broken card in the whole set, but I just. I can't, I don't know if I agree with it. Yeah. And that is this card right here. It's actually a land. It's Lotus Field. So what this land is, is it enters the battlefield tapped and it has hexproof. When it enters, you have to sacrifice two lands. 
but it taps for three mana of one color. So the reason a lot of people are saying this is broken is if you have a way, a thing like uh, Blood Sun, yeah. you negate all of the negative abilities, mm-hmm. so it enters untapped, you don't have to sacrifice two lands, and it taps for three, and mana, it taps for three mana. Now, your gut told you that this was... <laughs> I couldn't even do it. Now, you got a big gut, so you have to be right about this. <laughs> okay, keep going. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, so Lotus Field. <laughs> Fuck like, you, Josh. Oh, roasted you. So, yeah, though, I the other thing people are talking about is an amulet, because once you have an amulet in play, you get three mana before you have to sack your lands. So it can make it can create a really fast Titan, but I'm not sure if it's any faster or better than the bounce lands because the downside of it is getting rid of really big. Lands. Yeah, but it can't be ghost corded in response, which is pretty strong. So we'll wait and see how this goes. Standard uh, also has Field of Ruin right now. Yeah, but this has hexproof. That's what I'm saying. Like standard has yeah, Field of Ruin, but I don't see this card seeing play in standard. Okay, you unless like the Blood outside. Sun interaction is actually good. Yeah, it could be. We'll see. It could be. So that's enough on the honorable mentions. Let's get to the actual top 10. So first, we're going to start with number 10, which is Serfa Sky's Blade. Safara? Safara Sky's Blade. I think it's Safara. So this card costs 7 mana and is a 7-7 with Flying and Lifelink. But... Well, a 7-minute card's not playable in Modern. Would you pay 1 mana for a 7-7 Flying Lifelink? I think I would. <laughs> so, this card has an alternate cost of paying a white mana and tapping 4 untapped creatures you control with Flying rather than paying its mana cost. Ooh, very special. But on top of that, on top of the Lifelink and Flying in the 7-7, it also gives other creatures you control with Flying indestructible. What? So, all of those creatures that you just tapped are now going to be indestructible once this card hits. Sick. So I there's been a lot of talk about a Spirits deck, which I think this would definitely go into. Okay. There's a lot of like just small one-mana flyers, so maybe you can play like a more aggressive deck and this be kind of like you're in the Mono Green Stompy deck, they have Galta. In the Mono White deck slash Blue White deck, maybe you play Safara. I like it. So this is a card I'm I'm very interested on that not, I haven't seen a lot of talk about, but... I have a feeling this card might be very good. Good. Moving on to number nine is one that's definitely going to be good for standard, but not so much for modern, uh, is we're getting a reprint of the enemy-colored temples. Now, temples, I always loved temples in standard. They were really good. I know they weren't great for aggro decks. I played with them. But, you know, sometimes you got to play with bad mana fixing. Well, they're good for mid-range decks. They're yeah, they're, they're good for mid-range. They're good for control. They're insane if there's a combo deck. Yeah. Like Nexus with this Temple of Mystery. <laughs> yeah, so silly. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited to see these. They're an iconic land cycle for me because they're actually the land cycle that I was playing with when I got into Magic. Or in not into Magic, but into competitive Magic anyways. Okay. The Temple cycle was the big land cycle in Standard. Yeah. No, I mean, I... I really think they did a great job on this new artwork. Yeah, these arts are pretty I would, great. I'd love to see this artwork blown up. I think that would be beautiful. I'd love to see it in foil. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure Temple of Epiphany looks really good in foil. And 
Um, I think Temple of Triumph might be my favorite. Yeah, it could be. So moving on to number eight, we got a we got one just for you, Josh. Oh, we baby. got ourselves a Dino. We got the Rotting Regisaur. Three mana for a seven six. But at the beginning of your upkeep, you have to discard a card. Yep. So what do you think of this card, Josh? Um, okay, so you and I had talked about this like probably a couple weeks ago when it got spoiled. I thought this card was bad. When I first read it, I'm like, ew, you got you to gotta discard a card during your upkeep or else it dies. So the thing about magic for me that has been instilled into me since day one is um, it's the if-then clauses, mm-hmm. right? And it's always been the if-then clauses. It's, well, if you can't do this, well, then I guess you don't get to keep that permanent anymore. So when I read it, I instantly said, if you can't discard a card, you have got to sacrifice this creature. And they did not put that clause on there. They so, and Which is very, very strange to me. And so when somebody, when, when people were talking about it on our on our Facebook group, which, you know, if you guys ever get a, choi- uh, a chance, uh, please go and join. It's uh, Mom's Basement Games Facebook group. Uh, but we, we had a discussion in there about it. And, you know, because I had played dinosaurs for a little while um, and I just didn't have access to something this cool. But uh, people were like, this card's great. I'm like, I don't know. And then I read it. And then you told me, like, yeah, you don't have to discard a card if you don't have one. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. That's so that's so good. So, yeah, I think this card's great, man. This, has, this makes it in top 10 100%. Yeah, and even, like, in standard, like, a 7-6 on 3 is very powerful. And if there's a deck that can take advantage of the discard, that just becomes a benefit. We've, like, look at Faithless Looting in Modern, for example. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of decks that are fine just discarding cards for good payoff, and I think a 7-6 on turn 2 potentially off, like, a Llanowar Elf, that's payoff. Yeah, that's so nuts, man. I mean, especially without... Without, like, a path to exile? Now, granted, this thing doesn't have trample, but, I mean, you just got to keep chunking bodies in front of it, and that's just card advantage. Mm-hmm. That's just pure card advantage. It keeps you even. Uh, it's not really card advantage because you have to discard. But sure. Sure, sure, sure. If you get empty-handed, then, yeah. Yeah. I just think it's a really good one. Yeah. So, next on our list at number seven is another reprint that, again, might be good in standard depending on the meta, but... It's Graph Digger's Cage. So this has always been a good sideboard tech. I play it in Modern. I play it in Legacy. It's super powerful. Being able to shut off the graveyards, but also being able to shut off people getting things out of their library. Notably for Standard, this shuts off Experimental Frenzy. Mm, It does. And that Devastation card too, right? Yeah, the that card doesn't. One. Yeah, it doesn't see a lot of standard play. It sees more modern legacy. Yeah, okay. but it, it also stops rekindling phoenixes from coming back. Nice. It stops Arclight phoenixes from coming back. Yeah, which is not huge in standard, right? Uh, Blue red phoenix is a deck in standard. Okay, and then what about uh, what about that new cool graveyard deck that we saw? The one that brings like planeswalkers back. Yeah, it it stops them from uh, command the dreadhorde and command the dreadhorde. Yeah, that that deck's pretty cool. I think that deck's neat, but yeah, I think that's what people were talking about why they're reprinting stuff like this in M twenty is because um, they may be moving towards some graveyard strategies. Obviously, yeah, which I am both excited and scared about. It's a very scary thing to think about them moving to the graveyard because it is a very inherently powerful zone yeah. as we've seen in eternal formats, but it gives them a lot of flexibility. Yeah. 
So next on our list, speaking of cards we're scared of, is our number six. Does anybody remember Vampiric Tutor? I do. And by anybody, you mean me. Yeah. Because nobody else is here with us. Well, maybe there will be in the future. Frankie's upstairs. She's thinking about us. Mm -hmm. Frankie, my little puppy. Would you, uh, scheming symmetry for Frankie? <laughs> so choose scheming symmetry. Uh, symmetry. Uh, choose two target players. Oh, do you have to have two target players? Yes, you have to have two targets. Okay, so me and you. Uh, so I'm going to choose you, Richie. Uh, each, each of them searches their library for a card, then shuffles their library and puts that card on top of it. <gasps> oh, it's like Marilyn, the Mourn Song. Mm -hmm. Or Marlena, however you say that. It's Marilyn. Is it Marilyn? That's how I've always pronounced it. Yeah, so it's just her ability, but um, just basically happens at the same time. This is really neat. I like this. And for one mana. One mana. It's sorcery speed, but thank God it's not instant, right? Yeah, so that's the downside is your opponent would get the card first. Correct, but you, I mean, that's the whole thing about it all the time is, like, your opponent always is going to get the card first. Well, and, and that's the thing. There's there's a lot of ways to break this card's symmetry, obviously. I think so. The first and obvious one is just playing the more broken deck. You're not going to play this in your Jund deck. Yeah, you're going to play you're it not in a combo-esque deck. Yeah, you're going to play this in, you know, your Storm decks and Legacy. You're going to play this in your maybe Reanimator deck and Legacy. Yeah, you Definitely know this... your Commander uh you know what this card reminds me of? Yeah, in, in Commander deck, absolutely. Yeah. It's just another tutor. But uh, this card reminds me of um, pseudo um, show and tell. Kind of. You know, because like um, you both get to go get something powerful, right? Or something that has is really good. Because think about it. Like I'm a burn player, right? And so if somebody were to tell me, "Hey, go search your deck up," and they have show and tell in hand. And I'm like, oh, okay, and it's game one. What am I going to go get? A fire blast? Mm. Like, they're just going to laugh at me. Well, so exactly. That's, what I, that's, I guess, how I'm paralleling it, is that you're saying, like, oh, this card is, um, you know, this card's going to be really good. Well, yeah, again, in some decks, in the right decks, this card's going to be busted. Yeah, for sure. And there's more ways to break it than just playing it in a busted deck. You can also play a way to stop your opponent from drawing that card. You know, mm -hmm. cards like Thought Scour exist. Cards like uh, Manamorphose exist to where you get to draw the card first. Yeah. You know, just straight up cantrips. You know, cast this and cast your Serum Visions. Or in yeah. Legacy, cast this and cast a Brainstorm. Yeah, so it's deck manipulation on both sides. Because, yeah, that you do have access to Thought Scour. Uh, another cool card is that, um, that little guy that says uh, target player shuffles their library. Remember that guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a mirror. That's pretty cool. That's a neat one, too. Yeah, pretty casual. For, uh, yeah, pretty casual. So, yeah, I I will not be surprised if this card gets broken very fast. Yeah, I, I think it has potential. I think it's really cool. Another card that uh, I'm not surprised found a way to get broken because I'm not sure really where it would see play if it couldn't have gotten broken is this card right here, Colossus Hammer. So, uh, I know you got a good chuckle out of this card when I shown it to you earlier. Yeah, yeah, I did. So, this is a one-mana artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus 10, plus 10. But, I mean, look at that hammer. The hammer's pretty big, right, Josh? That's that's what he said, yeah. It is. So, the creature loses flying because, you know, you can't fly with a hammer that big. No, you can't. But, you know, you got to be pretty strong to pick up that hammer. 
Mm, that's what he said too. Yeah. So yeah, it's got an eight mana equip cost. Yes, that's. I mean, I just don't know how you equip this thing other than in commander. So where there's do you get eight, where do you get eight mana from? Well, in you standard, don't, you don't necessarily need it. No, this isn't a standard pick. This is not on here for standard. Okay. So there's a couple different cards that can break the symmetry of this. One is I, I can never remember its name. I remember you telling me about it because I was I thought the card was trash. It's the one red sorcery where you can just use it to equip an equipment onto a creature. Oh yeah, God, I forgot. Yeah. And then there's also Sigarda's Aid, which is a white enchantment that says you can play equipment at instant speed, and when you play them, you immediately equip this. Mm. So with a Glistener Elf, for example, on turn two, you go Sigarda's Aid, attack, put the hammer into play. That's 11 points of infect. Ooh, okay. I like that. Look at you. You're just you're building, like, green-red infect over here. With some blue, maybe? You need white. <laughs> Four-color infect. Naya infect. I like that. Yeah. That's cool, yeah. And, of course, they have Eldrazi Conscriptions down there because that's a, a card that you can relate it to. Yeah. So number four on our list is another interesting card. Uh, a lot of people refer to it as Baby Knight of the Reliquary, which is Elvish Reclaimer. So now this is a one green, one two that it gets plus two, plus two, as long as there are three or more lands in your graveyard. Now, the way you can get lands with this into your graveyard is it has an activated ability. Two mana tap it, sack a land. You can search your library for a land card, put it into the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. I don't know about this, Richie. I really like it. it one, it's an elf. Sure, it's an elf warrior. And two, it fetches Guy's Cradle for you. Yeah. I mean, do you need, like, five through eight Knight of the Reliquary? I mean, you don't play Knight in your Legacy Elves deck. Okay. Sure. On you top of that, you can get this faster with a Green Sun Zenith. Okay. Or uh, even in Modern, like, Knight's kind of slow. Yeah. Um, some people were talking about it. I, I'm a little skeptical on it, but it if it works, it's going to be really funny is playing this in Tron. Okay. Because you can have your two Tron lands in play. Okay. And if your opponent goes to Ghost Quarter or Field of Ruin you, you just use it, sack the land they're going to hit, get the same Tron piece back. Oh. Or you could just play one of your Tron lands that you drew too many of, sacrifice that, and go get your your piece and turn it on. Mm-hmm. Hmm. This is really cute, then. Yeah, there's... This is applications other than just in, in Legacy Elves. Yeah, there's... There's some intri interesting things yeah, that you can interesting do with this things. card. Yeah, I like that. And I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. That's why I have it kind of high up. Maybe it should be lower on our list, but I, I like this card. Yeah. I, I think it has potential. Okay. I like that. That's good. Next, though. Next. It could arguably be the best. Be one, card two, printed. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten on this list. Oh, come on, guy. But we're going to put it at number three. Fuck that because shit. Because it's. Goblins, <laughs> Goblin Ringleader in 2020. I know I've like nonstop talk about it, but I'm so excited for this to be in modern. Man. So for all of you that don't play Legacy, this is a three and a red Goblin, two two haste. That when it enters the battlefield, you reveal the top four cards of your library. Put all Goblin cards revealed this way into your hand, and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. This card is 
one of the core pieces of the Legacy Goblins deck. It's the card advantage we need in Modern. Those of you that are listening, you can't see me shaking my head, but I'm shaking my head. Oh, you? they can. Oh, listening, sure, they can. <laughs> goblins is going to be good again. Holy Make shit. Goblins great again. Holy shit, here we go. I Listen, love me some when we right when here. we do when we take our fireball shot on episode uh, thirty, and we I'm gonna clip this and run this back, and when no one has been playing goblins to any uh, you know efficiency in modern, I'm just gonna run I'm just gonna loop this for you, and when goblins wins the pro tour, I'll make sure to flip you off. <laughs> you got it. Hey, I I I was already wrong the one time this episode, so I'll be wrong again. Oh yeah, you're Future. gonna. Be- Future Josh could be wrong. Oh yeah, Goblin Ringleader, it's the real deal. All right, good. What's our what's our number two pick? So number two is another kind of speculative pick, like the Elf, but I think it's a very high power level card, and that's brought back. So for two white broke back, in, no brought back. Brought back, got it. So for two white, it's an instant. You can choose up to two target permanent cards. In your graveyard that were put to the battlefield or put there from the battlefield this turn, return them to the battlefield tapped. So, oh. if you play a fetch land on one, play a fetch land on two, crack both of them, get two white sources, play this. That's a double rampant growth. Oh. On top of that, this is anti protection from a board wipe. Oh. If you're playing some sort of like eggs, you can get them back to keep drawing more cards. Yeah, that's what this. I, the instantly the first thing I said was eggs. Yeah. So it's a mini. What, what was the card? Second sunrise. Second sunrise. Baby second sunrise. Very cute. I like that. I think this card. The, the like I said, the big deck. I think that's going going to is something that can abuse the fact that it's a double stone rain or not stone rain. A double rampant growth for two mana. Yeah. Which is Titan Shift. I can easily see this card making Titan Shift into a Naya deck. Mm. Especially because in that deck you don't just have fetch lands. You also have Sakura Tribelders you can get back with this. So on turn three, you can... On turn two, you can play your Steve. Hold off on cracking it. Turn three, fetch land, crack fetch land, crack Steve. Get back Steve fetch land. Mm. Gross. Very gross. That's a lot of rampant. Yeah. That might give... Um, this card could even give... Uh, what's that other deck that plays? Not Escape Shift. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, I thought you were talking about... Um, what's its face? I thought you said... Uh, Titan Shift. Oh, okay. You said Titan Shift. I was thinking of not not the Titan portion, but uh, Escape Shift, like the blue, the blue colored Escape Shift. Yeah. I mean, maybe. They both any any escape shift. Deck. I was thinking it might be able to help that list because that list is like a turn too slow. Okay, yeah, man, this this has been a really solid top ten so far. And your number one, what's your number one pick? Uh, it's the elephant in the room. If we're being honest, uh, like I think I'm the number one pick. Yes. Good. Thanks, Richie. Man, I knew you were gonna try to make me feel good during this I thing. I try. No, so good our, our number one pick is the Leyline Cycle. Okay. So we have our three reprints in Leyline of Sanctity, Leyline of Anticipation, and Leyline of the Void. Anticipation doesn't do a whole lot. You see it sometimes in Vintage, 
because it lets you kill your opponent on turn zero. There's a cool Leyline deck in, in Legacy. They, there's the Leyline's deck in Legacy, which I actually think gets better from uh, the fact that it gets two more Leylines. I don't think it's going to play the red one. The red one's pretty bad, in my opinion. Red one's real bad. Uh, but Sanctity and Void see a lot of modern play and even some Legacy play. Mm-hmm. And Abundance, which is the new green ley line. Yeah, it's pretty cool. There's a lot of potential with this card, and I'm going to get into it right now. Oh. So first is in the ley lines deck you mentioned, because since you mentioned it, I'll talk about it first. Mm-hmm. This with, it makes your draws a lot more consistent, okay. where you can, you play a Dryad Arbor in the deck, so you can use your Dryad Arbor to make two green, yep. and then when you crop rotate it into your Sarah Sanctum, you can play your, op- your uh, it's What's the card? Opalescence, I think it is? Opalescence, yep, correct. You can play your Opalescence if you only have three Ley Lines. Mm-hmm. So it lets you need one less Ley Line, and a lot of your Ley Lines in that deck don't necessarily do as much. Like, you're obviously not going to cut your Voids or your Sanctities for it, but I can easily see this becoming a four of in that deck. You know, how much does it help? Who knows? It might help a little bit, though. We'll see. But on top of that, there's a lot of combo potential with this card. So a lot of people have talked about in Standard... You are able to play, if you have two ley lines, you can play a turn two Nissa, animate a land, and then play a three drop off it. Mm, ramp so hard. That shit cray. That shit cray. Ain't that, Jay? Fish filet. <laughs> Fish filet. And then in modern, if you have a creature that can make blue mana... This card goes infinite with one of Josh's favorite cards. Oh, you know it. Freed from the real. Counterspell. Oh, what? Oh. Freed from the real? Yeah. Love that card. Yeah. So if your mana dork can tap for blue, mm-hmm. you get a blue and a green. You use the blue to cast Freed from... Er, untap it. To untap it. Yep. You have to have a blue land in play also. Yeah. And then you So you untap mana. it, and then you make infinite green mana. Yep. And then you use the ability on this to make an infinite infinite and kill your opponent with Man, it. Man, you're going to get me excited wanting me to play walls again, talking about freed from the real combo uh, walls. I wouldn't play walls with this. I know. I, I think you can get a lot better of a shell with, like, Noble Hierarch, Birds of Paradise, Sylvan Carrioted. Yeah, I love that card, too. Carrioted's really good since it is hexproof. Yeah. It can't win you the game, but, you know, your Hydroid Crisis for infinite infinite again. Well, that was a good t- uh, top 10. I like yeah. that. And, man, are we over on time. But, hey, why not? Let's get into finance real quick. Yeah, I mean, it's episode 5. We're allowed to go over Yeah, right? we're, we're allowed to have a little little extra here. Um, I'm really excited that they're they're doing the new ley lines, though, to be honest. Yeah, that card's going to be really – I'm really excited for that green ley line. Yeah. All right, so uh, we do our finance every single week. Uh, we want to keep those of you that are um, following us and following – You have a finance, don't you? I have a fine aunt. You, you right. She's send her my way sometimes. I, I will. She's into full figured men. Oh. Um, all right. So I knew your family was inbred. <laughs> Excellent jailer, you guys. This week for finance, this is the number one card that has popped. He was number one. He was number one, and so this card went up five hundred ninety-seven percent. Uh, and it has moved from a quarter card. Was it a quarter? I'm pretty sure it was a quarter. Bink, 33 cents. 
went all the way up to $4.95. So How many of those do you think we got in bulk, Josh? We got a decent amount. It's a future site, right? Future mm-hmm. site card? Yeah. We, we, don't we got get a, a future site box. We, we got we, at least one future site we do. box, we just, Josh. We just got that future site box in today, so we better pick that bad boy. Yeah. Better, before better Hogak, stay up late. Yeah. Oh, God, before Hogak gets... Uh, gets dunked on yeah so now excellent jailer has seen the spike because of hogak arisen necropolis stacks um in the format and it just it's another turn two answer that says um it's a two one creature that says cards and graveyards lose all abilities so this um doesn't allow hogak to really get its engine running um it shuts off um God, what is hogak it? No, well, it shuts off Hogak itself, correct, but it shuts off the early game enablers that of Gravecrawler and um, Blood Bloodgast that you can bring back with the ability of um, Landfall. So those are, those are kind of things that it, it does shut off, um, and it doesn't really, I mean, is there any other strategies that it hurts? It doesn't, right? Dredge. Other than Dredge, yeah, Dredge. Storm. Like, we don't even, I'm not even talking about Dredge right now because... Yeah, Dredge is a deck, but I mean, it's just been rolled over by by Hogak. So it's like you you don't even need to talk about it because it's just the better Hogak's just the better Dredge deck, basically. So um, it also stops Storm. Yeah, yeah they because they can't uh, pass in flames. Yep, they can't use pass in flames. So that's pretty cool too. So if you guys have that, um, man. <laughs> I hope you get this information quick because uh, with the BNR announcement coming next week, um, you guys will see this card go back to its original thirty-three cents. I don't agree with that. No, I, I this card's always been like a two to three dollar card in my mind. Okay, well, I think even with this big spike, I think I think with price memory, I think it does go back to like two bucks. I think it may stay at two bucks yeah. forever because. Um, people will see, oh, well, it was five bucks, so let's, you know, they start putting copies up and it still sells. And um, yeah, I think it'll be, I think it'll, you're probably right. Right in the middle. You're probably right. It, it'll probably be a $2 card. I can agree with that. As but. usual, though, as we always talk about, what? They probably shouldn't buy this card right now. They definitely, 100%, should not buy this card right now. Wait till next week. But you know what? What if they don't ban anything on a Hogak next week? I think this is still like a $5 card. Me too. <laughs> so, listen, you're paying $5 next week for this card if they don't ban anything. Bottle. Maybe $6. So, yeah. Um, just wait on that card. Uh, but please, you know, if you're if you're playing in the next couple weeks and Hogak doesn't have a ban yet, well, you're going to need that card probably if you're in black. Uh, okay, so the next card here that we have... Um, and again, this is uh, mtgstocks.com, and we go off this site uh, every single week because this just gives us a quick a quick look at um, you know what what's going on with the changes. Uh, the 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 gentleman who runs this, I can't remember his name anymore, but I used to know it. Uh, he does a really good job, and sometimes he misses weeks because I think he has another job. I think he's wrote an article of what he does, but. Um, he, he does other things, so he's not always um, on point. But lately, since we started the podcast, this thing's been on point every week. So. Just for us. Yeah. Uh, so at number two, um, the big card that's popped is Aria of Flame. And I played against this card on, God, what was it? On Friday um, in my blue-red Phoenix matchup. I just barely lost a Phoenix, too. Felt real bad. But... Um, 
uh, that's that's for another show and another time to talk about my losses. Mm -hmm. I, we, we could do that. Yeah. yeah, we don't have enough time. We're, We're already, already over. 20 minutes <laughs> over. We ain't yeah. got... We don't have enough time to talk about Daddy's yeah. losses. Um, so this card is a three-drop enchantment out of Modern Horizons, and it says uh, when Aria Flame enters the battlefield, each opponent gains 10 life. Well, you why think the to yourself, fuck would you want your opponent yeah, to gain 10 exactly, life? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth. Why would you want them to gain 10 life? Well, you know why? Because this card... It kills Death Shadow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stop. That was really funny. Do you think about that one? No. God, man, you're you're quick. I try. Um, so it does kill Death Shadow, but that is not the tech. The tech is, you fucking die to this card. Um, now, Commander players might know Sphinx Bone Wand. <laughs> Sphinx Bone Wand. Yeah. Okay. Do you know that card? I do not. It's basically the Aria Flame second ability, except it's six mana. Okay. Okay, so, and that ability is, whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, put a verse counter on Aria of Flame. Then, it deals damage equal to the number of verse counters on it to target creature or player. So... Not creature or player. Sorry. Player or planeswalker. Target player or planeswalker, excuse me. So, uh, each time you cast an instant or sorcery, you're going to dome them. This thing, Aria of Flame, is going to dome them. Uh, on top of for the amount of counters on it. This card is nuts. This card's yeah. absolutely nuts. When I played against I was like, holy shit. I'm de like, they played it, and the following turn, I fucking died. Mm -hmm. I died. This card kills really quick, even though it takes four spells to, like, offset the ten life. Yeah, but what if, if a couple of those spells are lightning bolts. I understand. Holy shit. It's nuts. It, well, the four still, it still takes four to offset, even with lightning bolt. Just lightning bolt did what lightning bolt did. Yeah, yep. So, um, do yourself a favor. If you want to play this card, uh, it's at six dollars and fifty cents. I think it still has some room to move up. I think it's going to move up to the twelve dollar range. I think it's still going to double in price. Um, Richie, what do you think? I I tend to agree. This card's very powerful. Yeah. Uh, it it did get me a lot of kills when I was playing Phoenix. Past in Flames actually did hit twelve dollars for a while. I think it might have even been fifteen. So, I think this is different than Passing Flames. Correct, but it's a Storm card. Ish. Yeah. Ish. Um, fish? It, fish. It's a Storm card. I don't card think fish. fish plays this card. It does not. Um, so the other card that Richie talked about earlier, oh my <laughs> God, it's like he knows what he's doing, uh, is Sigarda's Aid. And that's at the number three slot. And this is another card, too, that if you're into that sort of deck that Richie talked about, um, where either you're playing Infect, uh, maybe you've played it in the past and you want to revive that deck because you're like, oh my god, we got that new card from, um, god, what is that, uh, Swell Up? Is that what it's called? Scale Up. Scale Up. Uh, because, oh my god, we got Scale Up and we got Sigarda's Aid I and we got the new... I still can't tell if you play Magic or not. Oh man, I can't, I, like, I know what it is, I just can't, <laughs> get, I just can't get it out of my mouth. It's, oh, oh, oh. Um, so, yeah, with the printing of Colossus Hammer, like Richie said... Uh, you're just going to be able to play that Colossus Hammer and just, boom, equip it. And so this is a one-drop enchantment. I'll read it to you guys. Uh, you may cast aura and equipment spells as though they had flash. That's the first line. Um, second line is whenever an equipment enters the battlefield under your control, you may attach it to a target creature you control. So, again, that gets around the old uh, having to pay eight mana to equip the Colossus Hammer. So, which is a lot. Yeah, which is... Uh, it, it's actually too much. So, 
Uh, pull those cigar aids out of your bulk, you guys. Uh, don't give those to us anymore. Um, and if uh, if I see them in there, I'm gonna let you know. Hey, I gotta pay you. You know, I gotta pay you for this card. This card's seven doll hairs. Um, I think this card. What do you think, Richie? You think this card? Gotta get it now. Yeah. I don't think so. I think, think this, this card will be like a five dollar card. I, yeah, I think it'll stabilize in the in the two to five dollar range. So, uh, you know, if you guys are thinking about picking this up and you're just like balls to the wall, got to play these new, uh, these new decks with uh, like uh, Infect and whatnot, um, or the Feather decks, then yeah, get the card now. You're just gonna probably pay a little bit for it. But off note, yep. If you like to wear tinfoil hats, Cigar oh. Eight artwork is handing handing a hammer down to someone. Ooh. And it combos with Colossus Hammer. Coincidence? I don't know. I think not. <laughs> Do you really think they go that deep into making oh, cards? God, no, but I wish. Yeah, that would be nuts. Like, oh, all right, let's call it Colossus. Man, if they had that much time, the game would probably be way stronger. <laughs> if they had that much time. Hogak wouldn't have got it printed. No, Hogak <laughs> would not. They would have put the crack pipe down and not printed that card. Uh, okay, so some cheap pickups. They probably which would have is... printed this card, too. Well, you don't say that. So cheap pickups this week. We always like to uh, let you guys know about those. Uh, Lightning Bolt and Tarmogoyf are both on here. So we'll start off did with did Lightning Bolt. Did you think you'd see Tarmogoyf this cheap? Um, I did not. But let's start off with the Lightning Bolt. Now, um, the promo that they're giving away, the foil ones, those were about, I was selling them for $60 when I could get my hands on them. Now, when they first, um, you know, were giving them away at Channel Fireball events, the foil ones, that is, uh, people were just messaging me nonstop, like, hey, where the fuck are, where are these foil lightning bolts at? I need a place at now. And they were willing to pay $60. Well, right now, they're currently 17 bucks. That's for the non-foils. That's for the non-foils. Yeah, excuse me. I read the wrong line. So they're currently $25.93. So... Uh, now I don't know why there's such a gap here, because you you could get um, the regular ones, the non-foil ones, uh, way easier than you can because you get them when you play inside events, right? Mm -hmm. So there should be more copies of this. So uh, look for this this uh, the the regular one to even go down further. I would say to the ten dollar range. Um, now for the foil ones, I would say they're probably going to level off about where the, the um, non-foil ones are at right now, which is between the $15 and $20 range. I think that's where they're going to level off at. So would you recommend people to get these bolts now, then? Um, well, I think they're going to go down even more. Um, now, it, you need there's about a year breaker where the price is going to stay very low, and then the price is going to pick back up, uh, just like it did with um, you know everything that they've given away, basically. Stoneforge Mystic. Um, Grizzle, Grizzle Brand. Grizzle yeah, Brand. Grizzle Brand's moved back up. He's like 12 bucks still, isn't he? Uh, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it moved back up. You'd have to check, but we'll, we'll do a fact check. Yeah, we'll do a fact check um, while I talk about Tarmogoyf. Um, so now Tarmogoyf is the, is the next one that is on the cheap picks up, pickups list. And I'd definitely like to say that um, I'm not sure I can tell you guys to pick up Tarmogoyf unless you're going to play Legacy. Uh, Legacy is basically the only... Uh, home that really, really the only home I think right now for Tarmogoyf. Now you're gonna say, what about Jund? It's doing well. The people are topping in it. I'm, I'm not gonna say that. Yeah. See, even you wouldn't say that, right? So <laughs> now, um, if you're if you're a Jund, um, you know, if you're a Jund person and you love Jund, 
well, you're not going to just plug your ears for this one, right? Um, this card is not what it used to be. This card is not uh, anywhere as powerful as what it used to be. Now, this is more of a tempo style card um, because things have gotten so much faster. So that's why you see this price. So right now, Tarmogoyf is at $40, which is pretty nuts. Promo Gristle Brain is like 17 bucks right now. Yeah, so almost 20 bucks. So he's climbed back up. I mean, we were uh, when we were at the event, people were taking them. They were you were buy listing them for six or seven bucks. So very low. How low can you go? How low can you go? Now, uh, we want to let you guys know about these upward trends too. So cards that you either want to hold on to because they're obviously seeing an upward trend, or cards that you just want to pick up before they get too high. Um, Ghost Away is a card that is starting to see an upward trend. Now, Ghost Away is um, remove each creature you control from the game, um, period, and then it says return those creatures to play under their owner's control at the end of the turn. So it's just a blink card, right? Um, they've been printing a lot of um, really synergistic things um, in Commander lately that have been going with Ghost Way. Now, Ghost Way, um, there was another card they printed that was exactly like Ghost Way, um, and I can't remember for the life of me what the other ghost way was called, but it, it's the card's been functionally printed no twice. Um, I can see the picture in my head. I just can't see. I just can't remember what the card's called. Anyways, um, so this is this is starting to trend back up. Now this card was um, at one point it was like 13, 14 bucks, and I do remember that. Um, and then it started to dip back down, but it's right now it's in the uh, in the twelve ninety nine range. So you want to. If you need this card, um, I would say probably pick it up now um, because it's not, it's it's in what, Dissension? Mm, I believe that's Dissension? Yeah, I think that's Dissension. Guild Pact. That's why Guild GP, Pact. Or GPT's over there. GPT, Guild Pact. Yep. So uh, this card's out of Guild Pact, and that, that set wasn't really opened up a lot. So a lot of times when you see these cards that are have upward trends, once they start to get played a little bit, then that's when they really see that trend up because people are like, oh, wow, I actually need that card. Well, there's not a whole lot on the internet, so it, the amount that's there cannot keep up, and so that's why you see a price rise a lot of times. I guess I just don't really get why people are wanting this card right now. Uh, it's just really great in Commander. Hmm. You know, you blinky blink pants decks, decks that just want to blink their shit, get value out of it. It's great. card's amazing. Okay. Um, Reforge the Soul. Um, this card, I'm really not sure why this card's seen a, uh, an uptick. Basically, I mean, it's... I love this card. Yeah, though. the card's great. But it's like Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, it just keeps getting reprinted. So, uh, But I think what happened is it's just starting to... Just it's starting, been a minute since it's been reprinted by now, though. It has. Um, and it's just starting to move back up. So, again, it's another wheel effect that's really good, and you can miracle this card. Um, so I would say, you know, if you need this card... It should trend back up. It should get into that. I think it was like the $7 range from what I remember when it was not reprinted in a commander set. So I think it'll get back up to that $7 range. It's in the $5 range right now. Okay. Um, Kindred, uh, Kindred Discovery is the next card that's um, that's seeing an uptick. And this card's pretty nuts. Um, you know, once in a while we'll find these in bulk rares because, like, people, you know, they'll just give us a whole commander deck. They'll stick it in a box and they'll forget about it. And, you know, we'll come across these and 
uh, you know, this card's 12, 13 bucks. And right now it's all the way up to 15 bucks. Don't and, give us these people. Yeah, don't don't leave this in your bulk. Um, as Kinder Discovery enters the battlefield, uh, choose a creature type. And of course, it's got some fish on there. Um, whenever a Terrence? creature, <laughs> whenever a creature you control of the chosen type enters the battlefield or attacks, draw a card. So now this card, I just had a discussion this weekend about this card um, being in um, Locust God, the Commander Locust God, the blue mm -hmm. red one. Uh, what's his name? The problem is, is then you die because you draw your deck. I, I know, but what's the guy's name? It's the Locust God. The Locust God, right? Yeah. Okay, so it's in the Locust God. So um, now um, my friend was asking me, he said, well, you know, what happened? Can I just stop the interaction from happening? I said, no, it's a must ability. It's not a may ability. So each time you make a creature, you have to draw you've got to draw a card. So if you and go when you in, have yeah, to draw a card. If you're yeah, if you're infinite and you're just like, oh, I'm just I just made a hundred creatures, well guess what? You're drawing your whole fucking deck. Or if you're like, okay, I'm gonna attack with, you know, these fifty creatures that I just made. Well, you you can't. Yeah, you can't. You can't move to combat, because when you move to combat, it says, uh, you know, comma, it says or attacks, comma, draw a card. Well, you're not gonna get to move to combat. Yeah, you're gonna die. Yeah, you're going to die. So there is no real way of stopping this uh, except for if you uh, you got a wipe away or an echoing truth. So you bounce this thing, make a bunch of dudes, draw draw your you know most of your deck, and then bounce this card back to your hand before you kill yourself. So this card's real strong, though, um, so I'd recommend picking this card up. I, I mean, God, I don't know. Do you see this card really going to 20 or 30 bucks? I don't know if I do, but I don't really know when it's going to get reprinted again. Either. Yeah, that's the weird thing. It's like, uh, God, I don't know. So I'd, I'd have to say, you know, grab this thing before it gets up to 20, 25 bucks. I can see it getting there. I can see it topping out at 25. Uh, so the next one is Soul Ring. You know, we don't really need to talk about this one. Uh, it is. It, I don't know. It's weird to me. Okay, so explain why it's weird, because maybe it's weird to other people that are listening. So, like, yeah, Soul Ring, great card. Of course, this it's card in has been every printed 2,957 times. It has. How is this card still four dollars? Like how is it still? $5? How is it still trending up? Yeah. Well, it's still trending up because, again, Richie, it's like what I just talked about. You can't, you cannot get enough soul rings. You just can't feed the but people. But do you know how many soul rings are out there? Correct. But you just, you, there's not enough to feed all the people. It's really there's insane. There's gotta be. There's not. I see precons on store shelves still. If you really need a soul ring that bad, you can buy one there. Yeah, but you're paying, but you have to pay X amount of dollars, whereas you can just go and now you got to remember this, right? We do 150 orders uh, a day, and um, do you know how many soul rings we sell a week? Infinite. Probably right? like four. At least, at least. We gotta sell. A, we probably sell a couple of. Well, days. we gotta ask Chris for next week. We do. We You're gotta, going over there after this. You gotta find out on average how many soul rings we sell a day. We want numbers. <laughs> we want numbers. Damn it! It's my numbers, and I need them now. Yeah, and I would love to see how many soul rings that we've sold since we started the TCG player. My, my bets, it's five or less. Oh, oh, not since we. Okay, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Five or what? <laughs> five uh, or more. Uh, uh, fuck you. My bet is we sell five or less a week. Okay, I, I would I would get down with that, Charlie Brown, for sure. Now since you started the TCG, probably sold like a hundred. 
A hundred? Uh, probably. We've been going for three years now almost. Sure, but you were a lot slower back in those days. We were slower back in those days, but man, I mean, I'm telling you, dude, we've... If I could see the numbers of soul rings that, we, that, we, that we've done... How many done, soul rings do you think we have in stock? I don't know. That's a really good question. That's a really good question. Some people don't know how good soaring is. Like, I told you the story a long time ago. My, uh, I can look it up. I can tell you. I can tell you and the people right now. My friend Dakota doesn't play soaring in his uh, Myella deck. Oof, that's pretty rough, man. Yeah, I told me you should put soaring in. <laughs> it's the card's okay. The you know, turn one, two mana on turn two. It's pretty solid. How many commander games do you think have been decided by? Turn one soul every ring. every commander um, match I've ever played. Yeah, yeah. When somebody goes turn one soul ring, I'm just like, yep, you, you win. Scoop. We have one soul ring in stock right now. No, that's this set. Nope. No, that's total. We have one soul ring in st in stock right now. What? Yeah. I'm telling you, man, we sell through these things. It's not even real. But I don't. We, we get them I don't in think stock. We get a lot of soul rings in. We do, man. We do. do. We? Yeah, we get a lot of soul rings in. You probably scan soul rings every week, man. We got one in stock right now. That's how nuts it is. And you think you say to yourself, "Oh, well, there's infinite amount of those." We've got seventy-seven thousand, almost seventy-eight thousand cards in stock right now. We have one soul ring to our names. Yeah, but there's also cards we don't have. Sure, but I'm just saying, you would think we should have infinite of this card, right? We should have 20 or 30. No, because they're all gone because they get bought every week. Because little Timmy's on, on uh, online with his mom's credit card going, I want to buy this deck. This new commander deck looks sweet. Bye, bye, bye. But, like, how many soul rings does one person need? Uh, well, there's some people that I know that have 20 fucking decks plus, And they need 20 plus soul rings. They need one for every deck. It's nuts, man. I didn't think it was real before, but now that I got into this side of the business, it's just like if somebody walks up to me with um, a thousand soul rings, I will I will walk to the ATM machine and I will get you money or I will write you a check and I will buy every soul ring you have. It's just that important. It's like Lightning Bolt. I feel like soul ring sees less play than Lightning Bolt. No, the casual market's bigger. Feel like so much to like so much to learn, my young Padwan. So much to learn. So little time. So little. As time. a casual, I played four lightning bolts. Yeah, I know. I All right, so hey, listen. Rings. Before before we move on, though, Richie, I want to tell these guys um, where to find us at. You know, before we talk about our local stuff that happened. You're gonna give them. You're gonna give them your address. <laughs> no, I don't want to get murdered in my oh. sleep. For somebody that didn't like the podcast. Oh. Um, the, so the, the zero people that liked our podcast. <laughs> so please uh, do yourself a favor. If you guys are on Twitter, uh, find myself and the whole crew um, at Mom's Basement MTG. And that's on Twitter. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram. And like I said earlier, uh, join our join our Facebook group. And if you want to follow Richie, which uh, he's been doing a lot more Instagramming, which I'm really proud of him. Uh, he's been doing a lot more tweeting. He's got 692 tweets. Proud of you, big guy. 236 followers. Yep, he's getting up there, and uh, I'll talk about your giveaway in a yeah. second. Um, but uh, you can find him uh, at Richard T. MTG. 
And on Instagram, you can find me at RichieT2196. There we go. So tell us about your giveaway, bud. Yeah, so as what was originally a thank you for 100-plus followers on Twitter, I've now surpassed by quite a bit. But I'm giving away a playset of the MCQ promo Arcbound Ravagers. Now, the way you can earn these is you go to my Twitter, which is at RichardTMTG, as we've said before. You like my pinned post, which is the post for the giveaway. You go into my comments and you tag someone's name in. And then you also give me a follow. Once you've done those three things, you'll be entered into the giveaway that is going to be announced on July 10th for the winner. July 10th. So um, we will have this uploaded to our uh, Mom's Basement Games YouTube page. So if you guys do find us on YouTube and you scroll through and you're watching us um, because you're into full-figured men, um, you know, please do yourself a favor and, and go and do one of those three things that Richie wants you to do because... You know, you get free cards. It was like what we said last time. You like, we did a giveaway, and you know that person's. We're still trying to find that person. So, you know, do the giveaway, and then come get your free stuff because we love you guys. Aren't we supposed to? Aren't we supposed to do a giveaway? You know, we're we're doing a giveaway on Thursday for our Sliver Queen. So, but what does the starting soon page say? <laughs> Start. Don't listen. Don't yell at me. <laughs> Not happening today. Thanks. Josh forgot about the giveaway. I don't tell him me. He's a bad he's a bad stream dad. <laughs> I'm a bad stream dad. He just forgets about you children. I do. So we'll, okay, we'll do that. I don't I don't know that we want to do a giveaway with zero people and uh Oh, that's all right. That's all right. There'll, there'll be some people um how, Thursday. how would they get it? They obviously don't contact us afterwards. <laughs> so, um the last thing that we do want to talk about, which we said, you know, the podcast went a little long today, but we had to give you guys your our, the top 10 cards and cards to look out for in um 2020, but uh, we had a uh, the local tournament that we talked about last week over at Pandemonium Games and Hobbies in Garden City, Michigan, and uh, that went really well. Uh, it was to help local players um, get to the places that they need to get to. Uh, it was a it was a fun started by uh, Mr. Christopher Byrne um, that was initiated by local player. Um, what was his name? Brett Gear. Brett Gear, and uh, he they made a post saying, "Hey, you know, we have a local player." Nick Subcheck. Nick Subcheck that uh, needed a little bit of help getting to the Pro Tour because he had made the Pro Tour. In Barcelona. Yep. And so the community reached out and helped. Uh, Brett donated a Mox Pearl. He then, this past weekend, excuse me, two weekends ago, um, he then played in his, his tournament where he donated the Mox Pearl. He then won the Mox Pearl, which was fucking insane. I mean, there was 20, what happened. there was twenty three people there, so no, it was not twenty three. Well, how many was it? It was like was there twenty three tables? Yeah. Okay, so there's forty six people there. So, anyways, yeah. he won this tournament. He then took the um, Mox Pearl that he had won and donated, and then he redonated it. Super cool shit. Very cool. Um, shout out to uh, to Brett. And, you know, we, we hope that this, you know, this kind of stuff um, inspires other people to do good for the community, reaching out through magic, um, because this is our, you know, this is our hobby. This is what we love to do. And this is uh, something that we want to keep going strong. And so, it's really awesome. yeah. So thanks, Brett. Uh, we appreciate you for that. And Chris in Pandemonium Games in Garden City, Michigan, we appreciate you guys uh, doing something like that. Um, Richie and I were both there, as we told you uh, at the last podcast. Um, so Check if you back guys hear that turned out, yeah, see, see how that turned back. Uh, it wasn't very good for me. It wasn't very good for Richie, but 
you know, he the was... The round one was pretty good for me. The round one was pretty good for you. Fuck you. Fuck you. So, uh, but yeah, that's that's basically all we got for today, right? We didn't even talk about the people who did well from Star City that well. Uh, oh, the locals? Yeah. Oh, yes. We got a shout out. Who do we got a shout out? We got a shout out. Zach Allen. I mean, when, when don't we shout out Zach Allen? It um, feels like he top eights everything he tries yeah, to. We might as well just say his name every week. Um, and top I mean, eighted the Legacy Classic with Blue White, Blue White Stone Blue Blade. White Stone Blade. Yep. Um, uh, and Jocelyn, then Jocelyn Lombardi. Uh, uh, she's a local gal too in Michigan. Top eighted with Jundin Congra- the Modern Classic. Congrats, ma'am. Uh, Cat Light recently moved to Michigan a couple months ago now. Yep. She uh, her team top eighted the Open, as well as Kyle Bogamis's team top eighted the Open. Yes. Congratulations, Cat and Kyle. Good job. Um, that's it's very good to to see that we have such a strong um, you know player base in Michigan. Pretty happy about that. Yeah, and plus I'm here. You know, yeah, well, I, we can't have all upsides. Yeah, I mean like I I'm usually uh, like I said, check me out on Mom's Basement Streams on Friday for those sick 05 uh, Magic the Gathering Modern Leagues. If uh, if you're interested, <laughs> I need to stream Hogak just to make up for it. <laughs> <laughs> you could watch Richie play Hogak on Thursdays and watch me go yak yak zero five on Fridays. But I, hey man, I'm I'm actually I'm I'm pretty fun to watch. I think. I mean, like in, in respects to like you're gonna watch me enjoy losing, whereas you, you can get on and watch somebody stream and you know when they're losing, they it, can be like a goldfish. Yeah, or yeah, or like a goldfish, and you you could feel them losing. Uh, whereas me, I don't know. I don't think you really feel me losing too much. I think I'm still, I'm still in there. I get a little whiny because everybody likes to win, right? Everybody likes to win. I like to win. You, you love to win. I'm very bad at it though. <sighs> yeah, you're getting there though. You're, you're gonna get there. All right, you guys. Uh, that's our time. We went an hour fifty minutes. So let's let's go on and get out of here. Um, you guys enjoy the rest of your day. And this will be uploaded to SoundCloud in just a few minutes here. So you guys can always check that out. And again, find us. um, We're on YouTube. Um, You can check out the video there in a few days. And don't forget to come and help out Richie with his giveaway. Please retweet that. Everyone have a great day. Yep. See you next Monday.